Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. Hi, this is J.D. Souther for WTJU, Charlottesville, Virginia. It's 91.1. It's a sound choice. Oh, I like the way you bring the water With your fingers on the line When you walk that way It kills me I'll be here at closing time Is that a ring there on your finger? Just a thin fading line You could walk away from me But don't do it I'll be here at closing time I'll be outside with the engine running Carrying a coat and tie Looking for a place to take you I can almost hear you sigh See us walking in the future With a child of yours in mind I can feel the sunshine on our shoulders Till it's closing time Baby, when you walk that way It kills me I'll be here at closing time I'll be here at closing That was I'll Be Here at Closing Time, brand new from J.D. Souther on his CD, If the World Was You. That opens the particular CD up. When I heard this the first time and those horns came in and that horn phrase at the beginning of this tune, 
I knew I was going to be listening to something very unique and very special. And we also are talking with somebody very unique and very special today. We have J.D. Souther with us on the other end of the phone line. How are you doing, J.D.? I'm great, Eric. Thank you very much. Well, this is truly a spectacular CD, and I got to rate it as one of the top of the year of 2008, and it just blew me away, J.D. God, thank you. That's so... Uh... Uh, I didn't expect this to be such a so complimentary. That's wonderful. Thanks. Well, I never take that for granted. It's the horns, and it's the jazziness of it all, and it truly was not expected from my part, you know. To have assumptions is always not good, but when I heard it, it just blew me away. And how did you form this band, and what was the birth of this particular set of musicians that you have playing on this CD? Well, to be completely honest, without going too deep or getting too twisty about it, I just got lonesome for hearing jazz. I've been uh, away from L.A. for five years, and I just started going to jazz clubs here and listening to guys. And, I, and also, I had an instinct that these, these songs were uh, leaning that way. I wanted to have a little, I mean, I wanted really a quintet. I'd been thinking about it for a few years. And it, all I can say is that the material was there at the same time that I started going out and meeting these players. And one guy led to another, led to another, led to another. And um, I agree with you. I think it's a sensational band. And they were also willing partners in this kind of criminal venture of fusing all these kinds of music together that people don't expect to necessarily see lying in the same bed and everybody was up for it so much so that we did uh, a month's residency at a little club here we really rehearsed and wrote charts and thought about it and rehearsed some more and played some more gigs and that was it, it the basement yeah the basement so there in nashville to go in and do what we really wanted to do which is make a live album and so on this you have jeff coffin playing tenor sax i knew of jeff from his long-term residency that I guess he's now an actual full-fledged member of the Flectones as he was kind of taking that chair for a while. We didn't know if he would be sticking, but he's been around for a long time now in the Flectones. Yes, and now he's in the studio with Dave Matthews. Oh, he is. Is he touring with Dave right now? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Of course, Dave Matthews was right here from Charlottesville for a long time. Exactly. Also, you have, is it Rod Magaha? It is indeed. Perfect. And those two that play those horns together, oh, God, is that tasty stuff. Think. Yeah. Well, I'll pass that along. They're they're both sensational players, and I, you know, I learn music every time I'm with those guys. They're great musicians, and they're they're very pure spirits when they play. They have so much information that they don't really have to think hard about what they play. We got Chris Waters on piano and Don Immel on bass. Chris Walters is Walt genius Walters. piano player, absolutely brilliant. Um, there are two two fabulous bass players on that album, Dan Emmel and uh, Jim Mayer, both fantastic. And uh, you know they tolerate me as an acoustic guitar player. And Jim White is on drums. Jim White is the most astonishing drummer I've ever played with. Some of those tracks, it's, I know it sounds like there's a couple of percussionists on there, and it's just him playing everything at once. He's a he's a versatile spider back there. And, and it's sparse with snare there's not a whole lot of snare and it's and i think that's what really takes it into the jazz realm well there's there's two very deliberate sonic choices on this album one is that you're correct i think there are only two songs where the snares are actually on on the snare drum and also i think there are only three songs where there's a strummed rhythm guitar part i really tried to stay out of these guys way and it creates a nice concavity in the in the middle of the sound like you hear in those that sort of uh, 58, 59, 60, 61, those jazz records, you know, with Miles and Coltrane and then later with Miles and Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock. There's a nice fat shape on the bottom and not this, not a relentless sort of uh, uh, sibilance in the middle. 
very, very spacious. Yeah. And you even go back to your early roots or your high school, your formative junior high school roots, and you're contributing to saxophone on one of those cuts too, I think. Yeah, I, I played a second tenor part on the tail of one of those songs only because Jeff was out of town. Believe me, I, I am in no way fit to stand near him as a, as a horn player. But I did play horn when I was a kid, so I, I, know, I know which keys to push. So you played clarinet, and you played sax, and you played drums? I played drums mostly. I started on violin, and then I played clarinet, really as a means to getting to tenor saxophone. And then... Um, clarinet wasn't sexy enough? It was something like that. It just wasn't <laughs> rock and rolly enough, you know? Yeah. Then I got a set of drums, and it was all over. So I was a drummer, really, most of my life, from the time I was in the mm, eighth or ninth grade. And I was still playing drums when I moved to California. I'd never held an acoustic guitar until I was 22. Well, a lot of people wouldn't have thought that. I know. Well, somebody left one carelessly unattended in my apartment, and I didn't have anything to do <laughs> except that. So. I guess that was a good news for all of us that have enjoyed your music over these years. Thank you very much. It was a nice choice for me to have something that I could pick up and carry around, piano and drums being a little bit heavy for that. It was kind of a match to where I, my poetry was going at the time. I was going from that sort of long-form rambling blank verse that afflicts most college-age poets to something that was uh, shorter and more rhymy and uh, songwriting was just perfect outlet for it. Tell us a little bit more about what happened at the basement in this month-long residency. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that and how your overall sound gelled and, and how did the musicians take it? I mean, when you met them, I guess, you know, you're so famous for the stuff that you did and the songs that you wrote with the, for the Eagles and that whole story of Linda Ronstadt and Jackson Brown and Glenn Fry and your duo with Glenn Fry back in L.A. and that those early, early times in the late 60s, I guess, early 70s, perhaps. These were all jazz musicians. Were they... Yeah. Were they uh, very receptive at first, or were they concerned that this was going to work? Or? Well, no one had said this to me except Chris regarding Rod, but I think they probably all were a little suspect to begin with. Uh, I met the drummer, I met Jim White at a little gig, he was playing a little trio gig, and I, I you know, I, you don't walk around thinking about who you are to other people, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy there who loves jazz. And, I was a drummer, so I, I went up between the sets and started talking to him about brush technique and Ed Thigpen and Philly Joe Jones and some of these great jazz drummers of the 60s. And I see him looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? Somebody introduced us and he went, oh, wow, man. Like, it, he sort of put it all together and he was he may be the first guy that was totally on board. He and the piano player, Chris Walters, I think. But I know about... A week into the rehearsals, or maybe even, no, probably not that long, probably the second day, third day, fourth day, something like that, before Jeff Coffin joined the band, <laughs> Chris Walters told me that the, that Rod McGaha had pulled him aside and said, what am I doing here? And uh, I said, what did you tell him? And Chris said, well, I told him the truth. I told him that to uh, stick with it. You had a vision and it makes sense to me, and I think it'll make sense to you. He stuck it out. It made sense. Actually, when we started playing in the basement, it was just the five of us. And then Jeff Coffin was in the audience one night, and I said, did you bring your horn? And he just looked at me with a big grin and said, I always bring my horn. <laughs> so then we started playing together, which just developed into an amazing friendship. And another one of those guys that just seeps music. If you're around him, you absorb music. He wears his hair upside down. He does wear his hair upside down. <laughs> 
so you were down in the basement and you were working out your songs and kind of working through them. You did Monday and Friday nights in front of a live audience there. Oh, yeah. Well, we also rehearsed out here at the Blues Barn. That's what I call my studio here. Yeah, we, we were playing in front of people. I, and see, the thing is, with, with jazz players that are like classical players, they, they can play so much music that you, you really don't... And I mean, this is also true for a lot of guys who play rock and roll, but just in order to qualify to play to um, extemporaneize, to, to really play spontaneous jazz, you've got to know an awful lot of music. You've got to be so good with the horn or the piano or the drums or the bass or whatever that, that it can come out of you without having to consider the difficulties of the technique between the impulse and the release. And these guys are just that good, and we all like each other. It gelled. It just got better every time we played. And when I thought it was just about good enough, we brought a remote truck one night, played a, a weekend night. I think we played a Saturday, a couple sets. And it sounded so good that I said, we're ready to go in. And we went in the week after that, and I think we recorded for five days, six days, and then we took a few days off. I wanted needed to finish two more of the songs, and also I wanted uh, Bela Fleck to play on one. Bela Fleck guested on House of Pride? Yes, indeed. House it was of... really written for him and, and Jeff and Rod to play. And House of Pride really kind of tends to be one of the songs that are a bit different from a lot of the other songs on the CD. you got got a couple of them that are pretty much what people might have expected, such as the opening cut, I'll Be Here at Closing Time, uh, maybe In My Arms Tonight. But House of Pride kicks into this different rhythm and a, a different beat there. Well, it's really kind of a kind of a barn dance kind of turkey in the yeah. straw kind of turkey in the straw meets Aaron Copeland at Dave Brubeck's house or something <laughs> I don't know in fact why don't we listen to that right now and then we'll be back with J.D. Souther this is House of Pride from his brand new CD If the World Was You on Folk and Beyond now look at this bag of groceries think of these missing years babies in the ocean and a king go out in tears the telephone is ringing a package at the door, but I'll never know what's in them. I'm stuck to the killing floor, stuck down in the house of pride, stuck down in the house of pride. No matter how much you love me or who is on my side, I'm still down in the house of pride. And great big diamond rings Bowls of murdered flowers And caged birds that sing Where do you go from up here And what comes after you win Didn't we used to get something for it When we go riding into town From the house of pride They came back To the house of pride We were fat but not too fat With plenty of cash to slide Back then In the house of pride Well, here comes a break in the rain Well, it looks like one
that I'm pulling on my jeans Brush my teeth and check my hair I know just what it means The long days are moving off And the good night moves on Broken window panes are wall I'm gone Gone From the house of pride I'm gonna be gone From the house of pride All right, we're back with J.D. Souther, and we're speaking with him about his brand new CD, If the World Was You. The interesting thing about this CD is as you touch these different types of music, then it really kicks into this jazz beat for the rest of the whole CD and these Latin and Cuban rhythms. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that came about. I just came about through a lifetime of listening to all kinds of music, I think. But probably the, the first bits of this album that really began to gather themselves together, probably even before I saw it, were in 1998. I was in Cuba with a bunch of other songwriters, writing with some Cuban songwriters. Fantastic trip, unbelievable experience. I think it's the most musical place, if that can be said, of a place that I've ever been. It seems like, it seems like everyone there is musical. Plus the women are incomprehensibly beautiful. <laughs> was that kind of at the time of the Buena Vista Social Club when Ry Cooter was bringing them out? And Actually, we were there in Havana the night that they premiered that movie Rye and Ben Vendors were down there for the premiere and a bunch of us went to see them play at the Charlie Chaplin Theater in Havana it was uh, probably one of the best two or three sets of music I've ever seen and I've seen some good sets I've seen Miles on a good night and I've seen some great Bob Dylan shows and I've seen most Allison half a dozen times and seen Brubeck but that, that was that was up there with the best shows I've ever seen some of these songs really tend to seem together for me, such as The Border Guard, there's Brown you put in between there, uh, the Osaka story, but then Come On Up, it seems like Come On Up is an answer to the Border Guard, to that hesitancy to love in the Border Guard, it and is. then Come On Up is, is you have nothing to lose. It is. It's the availability and, and the inevitability of, of the benefits of love. In fact, this whole CD's about love. Well, life is about love if you it lived correctly. I mean, you, there's two forces, you know, there's a dark force and there's a light force. And if you favor the light force, you're probably going to have a much more enjoyable existence there. Seems that out of the darkness can come the light. Oh, I, I think it, it probably for it to have any real meaning, it has to come through darkness. I mean, the sunrise wouldn't be so stunning, but for the, the dark of night that precedes it. The CD touches this loneliness, this prevailing human condition that's a universal human condition, I think, and you seem to be able to express it through your songs and your lyrics, and particularly I was impressed at how present your voice was in this CD. I, I hear a lot of CDs these days with, they seem to be produced so loudly that, that uh, the dynamic of the song is drowned out by just getting a lot of punch from lifting all these levels, but on this, your vocal really shines through. Well, thank you very much, and I probably owe a lot of that to uh, some <laughs> two particularly disparate sources. One within my band that just said, why don't you turn it up? And the other is my friend Tom McGuane, the novelist, who I sent some of this stuff to, some of the roughs, and 
he said, uh, he emailed me this very, uh, this, uh, I think he said, uh, the songs are wonderful, of course, but I was, I was disappointed with the arrangements. And I emailed him back and I said, what do you mean? And he says, oh, don't take it personally. He said, I'm just an old guy that would probably produce your records with just you and an acoustic guitar and I'd turn the guitar down too low. So I emailed him back and I said, I guess that means you want me to turn the vocal up. And he and, and the piano player in the band from completely different orientations both said, listen, don't, don't be afraid. Just turn it up there. Let the band play. And so we pretty much took... You know, there's not much compression on anything. There's not really any tricks. There's not much echo. It's just six guys in a room playing, I'm singing. One of the tunes, and I think that I read that it was one of the formative tunes, the Border Guard, that created this project. I think, it, I think the Border Guard was maybe the very first one. And then there's Rain. Rain, definitely a result of the Cuba trip. And Rain, also you throw in some, uh, is it the Maravella? Marviosa. It means uh, the angels are, are marvelous. It's yeah, these, it's a you know Afro-Cuban style girls group here that are they're just sensational and, and beautiful. They're absolutely stunning, and they came into the project late. One of them had been had been singing in another group of girls when we were at the basement, but when we got to the studio, one of the girls wasn't available, and uh, I don't know what happened. Also, the engineer said you were pushing the the envelope a little bit already with all six instruments and the singer in one room you should really like save the girls for an overdub and so we did and when when i got to them the one who was available had these other two girls in this group which they they sing with a couple of cuban bands here a couple of salsa bands i said sure of course perfect so they came in sang one thing and just nailed it so beautifully that they I went ahead and used them on the other two and it was a beautiful day's work, and they've they've played a gig with me since then. It's I think they're a, a, a really beautiful texture, and also you know the singing is real call and response kind of singing. It's it's a lot more like the Raylettes than it is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean they're never really singing harmony with the melody that I'm singing. It's always a response to something I'm just sung. Well, let's hear that right now. Let's go to Rain off of. J.D. Souther's CD, If the World Was You, right here on Folk and Beyond. Para mi hermosa habanera The stars shine in your eyes Your necklace and your cheap perfume Just add luster to your sky Your faith remains despite the vain your embargoed port Coney Islander With a heart of love And no fear of the north Maybe it'll rain Love Maybe Trouble in the desert Caught between the rules Dark eyes and a hidden smile Wonder who's that fool Stolen choices and smothered voices Mutilated 
it's smooth Oh, your perfect form Just the way you're born Gives birth to a remove Maybe it'll rain love Maybe it'll rain love Maybe it'll rain back with J.D. Souther. This is Air Stephen with Folk and Beyond at WTJU in Charlottesville, Virginia. And we're speaking about his, his new music. And it's kind of like J.D. Souther is, is a new musician now. And, and this is really brand new for you. I hope so. I mean, I, for, to me, the intention of... What do you call it? I don't want to make it sound too self-important or erudite, but the, the intention of a life you know, where this is what your job is, where you make art. If you don't cover any ground, I don't know, it gets pretty boring. You're just doing the same thing over and over. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work so well. Well, what happens with me is I just wear out that that uh, 
that spot where it becomes dilute after a while and I have to find another, I have to find something else to paint. Maybe you can tell us a little bit. I read something about Tony Bennett and it made me laugh when, when you realized he was, uh, I don't know how old he was, but he was doing oh, all yeah. these shows. And... I, was, I actually met him on my way to his 80th birthday party. We were both uh, uh, in LaGuardia waiting for the shuttle to, to Washington, D.C. And we were getting our shoes shined. And I, we started chatting, and I said, so you doing any... Oh, he says to me, he says, so you doing any dates? And I said, and it, you know, that's really like a, you know, it's, you can tell guys that have come up with jazz guys, because that's what they call them, dates, you doing any dates? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I haven't been doing any dates for a long time, because I haven't made a new record, but I just got a new record, and told him a little bit about it and I said yeah I'm, so I'll, I'll be out next year I'll be doing some dates I said you still doing some dates he goes nah we're cutting down to about 60 a year <laughs> <laughs> kind of dismissive like yeah I'm getting lazy only doing 50 60 a year did that inspire you absolutely you said what am I doing Meg? I should be doing some dates absolutely I, hey I, I saw I've seen Ray Charles a couple of times and I know that there are varying opinions about how his shows got larger and more uh theatrical as he as he went on in years but and shorter yeah i saw him sing something in his 70s that i don't hear very few young men accomplish and also i'm a lifer i don't really have another job it's not like i'm going to suddenly become good at architecture and it's definitely too late for me to go back and drive formula one cars yeah not very much else interests me really well, I admire the path you've taken. You followed your own muse, you followed your own soul, doing what you want to do, when you want to do it. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, a couple other Nashville residents that people are given a lot of crap to, or not necessarily to them, but in literature and in discussions about Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, and when are they going to make another CD? You know, but they just do so many great things. They're enjoying their life. I That's a pretty good answer for me, too, because... The, the decade that I was sort of the most quizzed about was the 90s. Like, how, how did I manage to miss the 90s? And, uh, of course, I didn't. I was having a wonderful time. I built a fantastic house in the Hollywood Hills, and in uh, 1990 we started work on it. And uh, I, I had a great life there, and I just wanted to take some time to reflect and relax and travel without uh, a crew and a bunch of guitars and stay home with my dogs and my girlfriend and... Uh, I, you know, I, I'm very happy with the, the path that I took. I mean, everybody has regrets about one thing or another, but I certainly don't regret taking some time to slow the pace down and enjoy what was around me. And you got married not too long ago, didn't you? True. That's amazing. Not amazing, that's wonderful. Amazing would <laughs> be the best word for it, actually. Well, I guess a lot of times men, we don't really get to make the choice, do we? Uh, we, we are allowed to think that we do. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get chosen and we either accept it or we don't I think, you know, I mean life is a series of gains and losses and you, you, you really you only lose you only lose points in the present by trying to relive the past or guess about the future it's just crazy, I was just watching my dogs play in the field here and you know, they absolutely are not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow and they are having as good a time as you can possibly have yeah, right in the moment. Yep. Well, I hope you're not disappointed we didn't go through your life history and all that stuff that probably a lot of people have been asking you about these days. I'm absolutely delighted that we didn't do that. <laughs>
because this stuff to me is is really where it's at and it's present and it's now. And the other thing I, I, I noticed was that you uh, you had Nico Bolas working on this. Absolutely. And he's usually, uh, I guess when he worked with Neil, he was the volume dealer. Um, and, and this is so subdued. It's, it's, it struck me as interesting. Yeah, well, working with Neil, you better be, you have to be prepared to deal with volume. Yeah, Nico was, he was brilliant at this. I mean, we, we were all referring to this as a, as a science project when we were setting it up. The fact that we had all these guys in one room, I think we had 18 open microphones in one room, and it's not that big a room. It's a fabulous room that George Massenberg designed for uh, John McBride here in Blackbird Studios, but it's not, it's still one room. And um, I think Nico was just fantastic, rose to the occasion and beyond. And it, it had its difficulties. I mean, that's a lot of guys to put. I mean, it, you can't you can't really go back and fix very many things. And this is because you did most of the songs live. I mean, it was, all live. It was recorded live in the studio. Everybody yeah. played. I mean, there's all a couple of the, the girls are overdubbed because Nico really didn't want to deal with that. Was just too much for one room. Uh, and I think there's a. I overdubbed an electric, a little electric guitar line on Come On Up, and I overdubbed the, the second tenor part on A Chorus of Your Own at the, at the end of it to play harmony to Jeff. And we, you know, we tried to fix a couple of vocal things and managed in a, in a couple of cases, but it was just too many open, open microphones. Every, you know, every time we thought about replacing a line, it just, it, it created more problems than it solved, so... Uh, it's a good thing. It's uh, it's a great band, and and I was supported, uh, well supported, uh, so that I I was pretty confident about singing it. I didn't have the usual tremors about singing live. Can you give us a tune that we haven't played yet that uh, you suggest for us off of your CD here? Hmm. See what did you play? Well, let's see. So far, we've done House of Pride, and we've done I'll Be Here at Closing Time and Rain. Oh yeah, well, you should you should play a chorus of your own. A chorus of your own, and that, then we also get to hear JD coming in on that second tenor sax. It way at the end. Okay. A, sa- a safe distance from the real horn players, just su- just supporting <laughs> Jeff's line. Yeah, sell yourself short, JD. Here, <laughs> here you go with a chorus of your own off of JD Souther's "If the World Was You." Why plant seeds if you don't like rain? Why fall in love if you can't stand pain? Call somebody else, baby, the next time you feel lonely and vain. You know I love you, but it's in my way. I gotta be careful of the things I say You might get a chorus of your own someday Somebody loves you, but I don't know who that is It used to be me for the third time through all this Keep right on driving The next time you feel full of vinegar and piss Sure I know you love me in your own strange way 
get a chorus of your own
We're back with J.D. Souther and going to finish up here as we are so lucky to have you touring again. And this particular tour that you're doing is unlike the CD, it's just you. This is a solo tour. It's just me and three guitars and a piano. And I guess then you'll get a lot of requests for uh, for some of your oh yeah well, older it, tunes. I mean, it's designed to do what it what it does, which is make the evening. Uh, good word for it. I don't want to say audience friendly because we're we're we all sort of meet in the same in the same weather system when once we're in there. But it, it, you know, people can uh, not be intimidated into thinking that. Uh, I'm gonna just blast all the way through the new album and not play any old songs because I, I, I play even if I had the band I wouldn't do that. I play songs that are, go back as far as my first record and a couple of nights one song that even precedes that, and up to you know some of the Eagles stuff, some of the stuff that Linda cut, sometimes the song that Bonnie cut, the thing that Dixie Chicks cut. It's a it's a pretty varied set because I I can just wander around and go where my head takes me. I, I know it must be a, a difficult question if if I ask you this, but there must be some tune that, amongst all your children, your your tunes that are your children, that you. Uh, what what is your masterpiece? Do you? I, I don't know if I ever painted. I'll let you know. You don't, huh? Warren Zevon had the best answer to that. He I. Somebody asked me that in in an interview once, and he was there. And I said, and we had just been talking about Thomas McGuane, who we're, we're both friends with. And I said, uh, what a question, Warren, what would you say? And he said, pick the shortest one. <laughs> Sounds like Warren. <laughs> and I said, okay, simple man, simple dream. <laughs> and so I've said that for years. I don't know if it's true, but because on different nights, different songs have... I mean, right now, I'm I'm... I can't listen to it uh, over and over because it's sort of it has too much of an impact on the way I play it on stage but I think the best thing on the record is the secret handshake of fate and I do too I love that tune it's an opus epic tune and and when you get to the the line you know if the world was you I'd travel it extensively I'd travel extensively visiting some place oh god it's just amazing and just the spaciousness and the I feel like I'm in some place listening to Miles Davis at times with this. Well, thanks. This just that's the strength of having great players, too. That's a, that's a totally improvised song. I finished that poem in the studio the night after. Uh, uh, I actually had more than half of the poem written for years, and I brought it with me. As I was carrying a bunch of pieces around, and I sat down on the piano bench and wrote the, the last... Uh, God, there's about eight verses in it, the last couple of verses, and uh, I went back to my guitar and found this figure, and I said, you guys, just just follow me, just let's see what happens here. So that song has only been played once by that band, that's it. Oh, really, the, the time you recorded it in the studio? That's it. We were just standing, we played it through once, and we all looked around at each other, like, wow, what just happened, you <laughs> know? Well, it's truly an amazing tune, and it's an amazing tune we can end our conversation with. And, you know, not many places will play this, but we're going to play all 13 minutes of it. That's why we love you like we do. (laughs) J.D. Souther, we're looking forward to you coming to Charlottesville, Virginia. And I wish you much success. I guess you're going to go to Japan yet before you get here. Yep. And what what is that like when you go to Japan? Well, I've been there there 12, 11 or 12 times, so I'm pretty accustomed to it. But I love it. I love playing music there. 
J.D., thanks so much. Hey, it was my pleasure. Now, that's a great conversation, man. Why can't they all be like you? I appreciate that. I really do try to make it a conversation and not something that you've retreaded because the highlights everybody can read about. And exactly, I think... and everybody can read the history, too. So I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, just, uh, for, make, for keeping us in the present. Super. Well, looking forward to seeing you here in Charlottesville. And I thank can't you. wait. I've heard great things about this room and about the audience there, and uh, I loved uh, talking to you on Folk and Beyond. Thank you so much, J.D. Here thank you, you go with his epic tune at the end of his CD, If the World Was You, J.D. Souther, The Secret Handshake of Fate. If the world was flat I'd walk off the edge But I can't cause it's too big and round I could just see myself Falling through space Grateful not to be found Trouble with living Here in the future And sailing the Dutchman sea the trouble with love in the present tense And the fear of eternity Religious, 
you know The secret handshake of fate Cause it's too damn round I see myself now falling through space Grateful not to be found The trouble with living down here on this marble Sitting in the Dutchman's sea Is the trouble with love In the present tense The fear of eternity No matter where you are You're about to come round From where you just used to be Happens to people, don't be afraid. Baby, it's happened to you and to me. Leave something here when you go back to Texas.
safer flying my sleep crashing right through these blue walls doubts and fears would rise up like a duster cushion my deadly fall problem is if you're religious keeping your head in its place huh? they can think what they think but you know what you know the secret handshake of fate it's about the secret handshake of fate know if the world was you travel extensively visiting some places twice pressing for purchase wherever it's slipping against my own advice I sleep upside down for a new view of heaven a dream Just know we'll be alright Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen. 
for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.